0: Hey there ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. P with Mr. P Explorers, and if you are tuning in right now, you are back for yet another episode of Mr. P's Tales from the Road. Hey, how are you? It's a beautiful beautiful day out here in Northeast Ohio. Uh, I hope it is the same wherever you guys are at. Um yeah, I'm uh, I I got to say I'm I'm having a decent day today. It's uh it's it's school's out, so I uh, I've had a week to kind of unwind and decompress and and kind of Get back into being a normal human being here after a year of teaching. So, uh, you know, uh, as you guys know, it's been like I said, it's been a crazy year and it's, been, it's, it's good to get out and, and be out. I've already been out doing some photography this week uh, all over Cleveland, just driving around. I was up in Detroit the other day, yesterday, and uh, it's been good to get out and just shoot and not be uh, worried about all the other crazy things that were going on in life. But I hope wherever you're at, you're having a good day, a good week, a good life. Everything's going well. Um today's gonna be kind of a different story we're not gonna i'm gonna tell you guys a story towards the end but it's more of a personal episode today um you'll see what i mean when we get to it all right uh first things first though a couple things um i i want to say uh my allergies are back uh, with a vengeance so if you hear me coughing sneezing hacking if my voice seems a little weird it's because allergies are back full blast um, I was back up in Detroit yesterday, as I mentioned, and we were crawling through, of course, you know, abandoned buildings with the mold, and we were out in the in the, in the woods and doing different things. So uh, my allergies have decided to kick my ass big time today. Um, Clareton, Zyrtec, nothing seems to be, you know, doing much to, to, to kill it. So hopefully I'll be okay. We'll see. Uh, but if you hear me sneezing profusely, that is why. Um Anyway, uh, what I want to talk to you guys today about is kind of where I'm at right now with with exploration and where I'm at with photography and some stuff like that. I'm hoping you guys can relate to it. I'm, I'm thinking most of you probably have had this situation go on before where um, you get a little burned out, right? You get a little burned out with what you're doing, and you either need a break or you need to switch things up a little bit or, you know, some combination of the two. Uh, right now... Uh, you know, as, as I said, as I've, as I've talked to you guys before about this, this year has been an epic, epic uh, quest for sanity. Um, I'm sure you guys all out there doing your different careers and different things have, have can, can, can relate. Uh, we've all had a crazy year. Ever since COVID, things have just been tough. Things have been far more arduous than they ever have been before. Um You guys know, I've told you before, that my school year has been very, very hard to do. And as you know, I teach history. I teach adolescent kids, uh, 7th grade kids, history. And uh, I just, I've been struggling all year to try to maintain some kind of my normal thing. Now, what is my normal thing? Well... As a storyteller and as a lover of history, I, am kind of, I had the same exuberance that you hear in this podcast in my classroom. I dress up in costumes. I'm jumping on tables. I'm just telling crazy stories, bloody stories, gory stories. The kids usually eat it up, but this year I have not been able to maintain that, um because just something's wrong with our kiddos. Uh, ever since COVID, I don't, I don't know what it is. And this is a nationwide problem. This isn't just in my classroom or, you know, in my situation. But uh, our kiddos are going through some problems right now, and they don't know how to connect appropriately in a sociable situation. And it's, it's been very hard uh, to maintain my normal sense of what I'm supposed to be doing, what I enjoy doing. Uh, I've been doing a lot of yelling this year because it's just, it's just it's, it's out of control, and I don't know how to handle it. Um, so, you know, over the space of this year, it's been very hard for me to kind of maintain my normal pace, and I'm burned out. Um, and unfortunately, it kind of has spread into my photography and into my my exploration. I have been, uh, you know, this past, even the past couple months, just coming home after an insane day. You come home and you don't want to do anything. You just want to sit and do nothing for a while and maybe have a, a beer and relax. And uh, But you know you have other things you need to take care of, like, you know, your everyday normal stuff, you know, the bills and uh relationships and all of that. But then there's also the photography, right? You have all these edits you need to do. Um, I, I, you know, I, I kind of take a little bit of pride in putting stuff out there as, as much as I can, daily if I can. And uh, you come home and you don't you don't want to do that. You don't want to sit down and edit, but you do it because you feel like you need to. Uh, even the podcast. Today, it was very hard for me to sit down and get moving on this. I wanted to sit down and uh, jump into it days ago, but I just... I, I, I needed the time off to just to sit back and, and, and kind of not. Um, so it's been like that the past couple of months. Every, every every week, you know, it's kind of a, a struggle to get to get what I love going, and it's kind of killing me. Um, I love exploration and photography as much as you guys do, and it's been hard being burned out because I've just – I my heart hasn't been in it because of just all the things that have gone on. I don't know if anybody else has that situation or problem going on. If you do, you have my utmost sympathy and my uh, – you know, my condolences. I hope you're handling it and, and, and dealing with it in your own ways. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of looking at, 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 at taking things a little slower during the summer. I'm still going to be out exploring. Don't you worry. I'll still be out there exploring and, and doing my normal thing. But I kind of want to change things up. Um, even with, with shooting. I want to I want to go out and see different things. I want to I attempt different things with my camera. Uh, maybe not so much all abandoned all the time. Um, you know, I was having a discussion the other day with, with a friend of mine, uh, a fellow explorer, about what urban exploration means. And we both kind of came to the same conclusion that, you know, a lot of people think that it's just abandoned stuff. That's all urbex is. That's all urban exploration is, is is abandoned. Abandoned it all the time. And uh, we came to the conclusion that it's not. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, it's not. It's, it's anything in an urban setting that you're exploring. It could be architecture, it could be cemeteries, it could be street shots, whatever it happens to be. Um, that's urban exploration and you know i think we get our we we kind of put ourselves into this niche that that's what we're supposed to be doing is is all abandoned all the time um and uh it's not that not the case so i'm really trying to get out there and do some more stuff that's different that's not abandoned i need some some other challenges some other things to work on you know we'll be doing that. I actually had somebody ask me that on on my Facebook page, like why you know I, I posted something uh, that wasn't abandoned, and they're like, well, this isn't abandoned. It, it, it was it was the Detroit Public Library, which is a beautiful, beautiful Art Deco, you know, this beautiful twenties uh, structure, amazing, um, totally worth seeing. And they're like, well, this you know this isn't abandoned. Is this abandoned? They expected it to be abandoned. Like, How could this be abandoned? I'm like, it's it's not, guys. It's not abandoned. It even says in the description, it's not abandoned. Uh, but I had at least. Probably 10 different people asked me if this was abandoned. I'm like, no, Uh, they they expect that from me. And I want to kind of break out of that, um, that idea of having everything be abandoned. Um, So, yeah, the burnout is definitely real. If you're burned out out there, uh, from my own experience, you need to you need to branch out and try some different things. Take a break from what you normally do and try something different. you know, most of all, take care of yourself. If you're, if you're having anxiety and depression and you're burned out and you just, you, you need to take a break. You need to take a, a look out for yourself. Um, whatever that might happen to be. Uh, we're all different. You know, maybe you're not, you know, I don't know. Uh, at age 47, I'm an old dude, right? I got, I got a bunch of other things going on. I've got a kid that's going to college. I've got my career. I've got house stuff to take care of. I've got, you know, family situations going on. Uh, it's not the same as when I might have been 20, you know, in my 20s, where you don't have those things to worry about, so you can go out every weekend and you can do all these different things. You know, um, I can't do that. And I try to force myself to do that to keep up, and I can't. Uh, so I do what I can. And I have to come to realization that that's the best I can do, that's the best I can do, you know. I guess the nice thing is I have such a backlog of photos that no one would ever know <laughs> if I wasn't going out every weekend. Um so on a personal note, yeah, it's been, it's been, there's been some burnout and I want to try to, to kind of slow things down a little bit. Um, still doing what I normally do, but like maybe not as much. I have been lately posting old photo sets from, you know, a couple years back or, you know, throwback sets from back in the day when, when I didn't know what I was doing, right? Posting some stuff um, on the days where I just don't feel like editing anything, you know? Sometimes you just have to take a break and, uh, you know, as much as you want to grind it out, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta let your brain... Recoup, or you'll never have fun with it again. All right, if all you do is grind and grind and grind, you'll get to resent it and you don't want to do it anymore. So um, taking a little break is probably necessary sometimes, right? So I don't know. I don't know if any of you guys can relate to that, but I thought I'd share that. Um, it's been on my mind a lot lately, and uh, it feels a hell of a lot better relaying it here to some people who might get it. Uh, most people around me don't explore, don't do photography, so they don't understand what, I'm, what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, most of you guys probably can, so... Uh, hopefully if, if you know if you're in the same place just know you're not alone all right a lot of us are there uh, it's been a crazy couple of years and uh, the grind is very real and sometimes you need to take a break and just kind of look out after yourself right change things up do some different stuff mix it up a little bit um, the other thing I wanted to mention, and this has been bugging me too, I don't know if any guys have ever heard of this, but there's this this thing called, and I just found out about this last year. It's called imposter syndrome, where uh, you know you're doing, you know you're good at what you do, but your brain tries to tell you otherwise. Right. Like you always think like it's just luck that you're getting this stuff put out there. But it's like, oh, this is great. This is great. But your brain's telling you, well, what if it's just a, flu- a fluke? What if you're not really doing that good of a job, but you got lucky, you know, and, and that's in your head. And you begin to feel like, well, maybe I'm not, you know, maybe I'm not good at what I do and I'm getting lucky and someone's going to find out that I'm a fake. And, uh, and even though it's not true, and that's been going on a lot, too. Uh, and I've done a lot of research on that. And it's very common in artists and creative people. We get we get imposter syndrome. We're very critical of our own work, right? And it just brings us down because we don't we're never quite sure that what we're putting out is the best we can possibly do, even though it might just be at that time based on our skill levels, right? Um, so yeah, that's been a problem. So yeah, <laughs> this is what's been going on in my head uh, for the past couple of weeks. Um, just so you guys know, I again, um, some of you are like, well, why is he sharing all this with us? Well, because some of you might relate to it, uh, and if you don't. I'm sorry, uh, you know most of my episodes are about you know just straight up explorations. But I felt like today was a good day to share some personal stuff of what's been going on, uh, in the hopes that maybe some of you guys can 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 jive with me on that. So um, anyway, I, the, the bottom line is look out after your mental health, guys. Look out after yourselves. Uh, you know if there's any kind of problems, talk to somebody. Even if it's just just a brief, hey, I'm not doing so well. Uh, tell somebody. Um, Odds are there are a lot more people than you think out there that are going through the same thing that can relate and that can help you out and at least at least be a, a, an ear, right? To, to hear you, all right. Please do that, all right. Um, so yeah, today's story. <laughs> speaking of Detroit, I, actually, I was like I said, I was in Detroit uh, for the first time in a long time. I haven't been to Detroit since I want to say March, probably before March maybe even, even in February. So it's been a while. Uh, last time I was there, it was still cold. Uh, so it was nice to go back. It was a weekday. Uh, I met up with an awesome guy there, uh, named Pine Top Jackson. If you have never heard of him, please check him out. Look out, look up his, uh, YouTube channel. He's got some great videos out there, but I hooked up with him and we, uh, you know, we hit a couple old places that I've been to a couple of times for, did, did some reshoots. We hit a couple new places. Uh, it was kind of fun. So it was good to get out and, and, and do that. Um, uh, but, as you guys know, Detroit is always close to my heart um I always miss being there uh I always wish I could be there sometimes when i when i can't uh it's a hell of a city, a lot of stuff going on, abandoned and otherwise uh, but I want to talk to you guys today about one of the gems one of the one of the one of my personal favorites um exploring there all right in 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 the d um in Detroit in the motor city um most of you guys know once upon a time. Detroit was this pulsing, beating heart of American economic power and prestige, right? It was this, just this powerhouse, right? Uh, you know, raw materials were flooding into the city uh, in, in just inexhaustible quantities, and these shiny new automobiles were coming out of, of these factories, and, you know, just likewise. Just, just, it, was a, it, was a, it was a time of industry in Detroit, right? The skies were dark with smoke, and work was to be had everywhere, it was kind of a golden age, right? The 20s, 30s, this golden age of flash, glitz, and glamour. And the money that was made from all these endeavors that Detroit had going on uh, paved the way to culture, society, and, and gleaming entertainment, I- I- as it were. A um, lot of money went into public buildings, into private buildings, into entertainment. Uh, you know, If you've ever been in Detroit uh, and seen the Fox Theater... Uh, you know, United Artists Theater, which is now gone. Just all these different theaters. You know, all this art was happening on account of all the power and money and prestige that Detroit had. Um, now, one of the many locations that, that people sought out this these this amazing glittering prize of relaxation and excitement, uh, and a night out on the town after a crazy week of work, uh, was an amazing place known to one and all as the Vanity Theater. Uh, the Vanity Theater is one of my favorite places. Uh, it has a hell of a history. Uh, a lot of a lot of music history happened in this place. Um, and I'll tell you guys a little bit about it, uh, and I'll talk a little bit about some of the explorers we've done there. Um, this place was beautiful beyond all belief. Uh, I've seen old pictures of the place, and it just you can't even believe that a place like this used to exist and that people used to go there regularly to get it on, get it, get the dancing down, right? Um, this place was richly adorned and themed in a fusion of Art Deco, you know, art of the 1920s, and, and oddly enough, Mesoamerican decor. When I mean Mesoamerican decor, I mean Central America. Think Mayans and Aztecs. So it was a mixture of Art Deco and Mayan art and architecture. It was crazy. Um... If you're not familiar with Mesoamerican art, check it out. Look up, look just look up uh, Mayan art or Aztec art, and you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. These crazy faces and and the primary colors—blue, yellow, red, green—just um, brilliant colors, and it just it, it's kind of a cool a cool you know, between deco and that kind of a cool combo. Um, you know, this, this place opened in the 1920s when things were booming. It was post-World War I. Uh, it was before the, the Great Depression. Uh, it opened up, and it was instantly a hit. People would go dancing there, uh, you know, spend a lot of time there. Um, you know, due to, unfortunately, and then a couple years later, the Great Depression hit. So it was all, one, of the, one of the only fancy nightclubs to open in Detroit, but um, it weathered the storm. This is one of the only places, with the exception of maybe a couple others, Um, that that weathered the storm of the Depression. People would go there and dance, um, you know, and and do their thing. Uh, This was the place to go because it was one of the only places to go. Um, It was a place where Detroiters could go see, hear, and dance to Duke Ellington and Benny Goodman and Jimmy and Tommy Dorsey and Cab Calloway and all those old uh, jazz greats uh, were there. big band, you know, that kind of thing. Um, So, yeah, the Vanity was an amazing place. Uh, In its heyday, we're talking about hosting a crowd up to about a thousand couples at a time, right? Five nights a week. um, You had big bands up on their uh, 5,600 square foot stage, this maple dance floor. They had this maple wood dance floor um, that actually had springs Under the floor to give the floor some bounce so when you were dancing out there with your lady or your gent right you were it felt like you were floating on these on those dance floors like it had a little bit of give to it you were kind of floating along right Uh, to get in it was 35 cents all right and you'd come in down on the the ground floor uh, off the street off of jefferson right and uh you'd come through and there was this grand staircase that you kind of kind of come up it kind of did a double back and boom you found yourself in this other world all right, it was basically an ancient Aztec temple with a big ballroom and dance floor in the middle. Uh, a whole different time and place, right? The whole different vibe. You know, outside was the Great Depression and life sucked. You walk into this place and it was a whole new world, right? Uh, it was built by local architect Charles N. Agri. All right, uh, it was adorned with stepped archways, uh, these rich earth-toned colors, and like I said, Aztec symbols. All inspired by pre-Columbian archaeological discoveries that were going on at the time. right? that was a big deal at the time. People were, were starting to dig up the Mayan ruins, and uh, it was a big you know big in the news. Uh, you had stylized Indian heads, stepped brick archways, green glazed tiles uh, were all over the everything. This giant chandelier, this beautiful glass chandelier uh, above the whole thing. Um, uh, even the outside building was amazing. It had uh, orange brick and stone and tile ornamentation. It was like uh, just think nineteen twenties style, and it, it was just this gleaming example of that. Um, it had two these two long marble clad bars, a huge cloakroom, a soda fountain. And, and it was, was Prohibition back then, so you couldn't you couldn't get alcohol, uh, but they gave you ginger ale and juice for ten cents a pop. All right, um, no beer. At least not for a couple years until Prohibition was over. Um, a set of 15-inch speakers from the ceiling, a huge bandstand, and, and the the chandelier I mentioned actually revolved, and it had mirrors attached to it, so the light reflected off of this, so everything was just gleaming, right? Um, even the stage had a Mesoamerican design. Okay, and it, it was actually it was actually designed based on the temples of Chichen Itza down in down in Central America. So, these people put a lot of planning into this place. It was really well themed. And if you've ever, you can actually look up pictures of it online. It's, a, it's amazing. If you can look up, just look up, uh, I want to say it's uh, you know, Vanity Theater, Detroit, and just look up historical, and you should be able to find a couple photos. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. All right. Um, so, through the Depression and, and through World War II, the ballroom had theme nights. Um, uh, you know, they had all kinds of different themes. Uh, people, couples would come in and dance uh, on Sundays um one of the most famous orchestras to play there was the was the Woody Herman Orchestra uh Tony Pastor, Claude Thornhill, uh these big big band uh groups would come in. Uh and by the 40s and 50s though, uh fewer dancers were showing up because television showed up and people were watching things on television rather than going out on uh, on a night on the town. So people just weren't going dancing anymore. <laughs> it was kind of sad. Big band was over, rock and roll was starting to come in. Um people weren't dancing as much to rock and roll at least at least the, the elders um, you know and sadly the vanity actually closed in 1958 due to lack of revenue. Uh, it actually closed people weren't coming to dance Now you would figure and I can't figure this out because rock and roll was so big you'd figure they would have had rock and roll bands playing there but I, I guess that that wouldn't happen until later like nobody put two and two together and said hey let's open the vanity as a rock venue and we'll get all these kids, you know, these sock hopping kids come in here and it'll be great. Nobody did that for a while. Um, they did reopen once a week in 1964. They'd have one day or if anybody wanted to come in and do ballroom dancing and and big band dancing, they'd still have one day. They'd, they'd open it up. Um, they started opening it up to church and civic club events. At least they were getting some revenue. Um, you know, but by the mid 70s, you know, the, the neighborhood was starting to go downhill. Uh, Mid 70s in Detroit was where things started really kind of kind of kind of coasting downhill uh, towards the 80s, which was not a good time for Detroit. Um, The neighborhood really went to hell. Uh, The economic power was going down and, you know, people were leaving the city and going out to the suburbs. Uh, A new owner did did open the ballroom to a new crowd. All right, and, and this is where rock and roll comes in. Uh, the ballroom started to host actual rock bands like the MC5, the Motor City 5, the Stooges, right? Iggy and the Stooges, Ted Nugent, the Amboy Dukes. There were different bands playing there. Uh, even, the, even the Velvet Underground with Lou Reed was also known to perform there as well. So, but even with the arrival of a, of a new crowd, it wasn't enough to rejuvenate the place. And, and by the 1980s, the neighborhood's transformation into an urban wasteland kind of kept people away. Um, things really weren't in good shape and people didn't want to go out there. The crime was high. People didn't want to take that risk. So even though these bands were playing there, the numbers started dropping. Uh, Now, over time since then, there have been some big plans for the place and different owners have taken over, but none of them could get off the ground. And by 87, they closed the doors for good. Um, Now, it's been abandoned since then. Uh, It is not in good shape anymore. I will tell you that now. Uh, Thirty years later or so, uh, it still retains some of its original decor. All right, I've been there several times. Um, you know, you, you you we were able to walk in uh, through one of the open doors. This was back in 2019. the uh, The back door was open, and the the bottom floor of of, of the building that this this, this the theater's in. I, I don't know if it used to be a department store or what it was, but it's completely ransacked. I mean, everything is decayed and rotten and and just d- destroyed. Um, we actually had to climb up a ladder to get to the actual floor of of the stairwell. We didn't realize you could get to the stairwell from the ground floor. We actually climbed a ladder up to the the second landing. But there's this the, the grand staircase is still there. The stairs are still made out of marble, but they're all marred up, and there's just just grit everywhere and dirt everywhere. Um, but when you when you walk up the stairs and you come around the corner, it, it's still amazing. Even in all the decay, this place still is awe inspiring. You walk in, you can kind of still see, you know, a remnant of that glamorous past, all right? Um, you know, the old terrazzo flooring is still there, and you can see see it through the rubble and patches. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of rusted and dangerous junk hanging around, uh, but it, it's still, you can see where the, the beauty would have been. Um, you know, you walk in, and you see this big ballroom floor, and it's completely rotten, like this 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 what used to be a gleaming dance floor is now like caving in on itself and uh, you know going out walking on this you're like you you you, you f- keep falling through the floor even though it's only a few inches down to the concrete but it, you, it's terrifying because the wood gives way and no matter where you step you're falling through it um you know, this is where, you know, thousands of people used to dance. And it's just this this huge wasteland in the middle. And above, up above, of course, the ceiling is collapsing in, too. Most of the ceiling is gone. There's huge holes in the ceiling. Um, it's just a sad thing. The chandelier is still there. It's still sitting there. All the glass is busted out. All the mirrors are busted out for the most part. But there are still some, some areas where glass... You can still see some of the glass intact. All right. Um, the bars... Okay, where people used to drink. Uh, somebody, of course, some assholes have pushed the the marble off of the bar tops, and they're like, you know, split. They're like basically laying on the ground, split open, cracked, completely shot to hell. Um, it's just mush. Everything's mush. Everything's just the ceiling. Uh, the ceilings have come down, and you're basically walking on on, on the remnants of the ceiling. Um, on the right day, if you hit it on the right day, the sun comes through these massive holes in the roof, and it lights up the whole place. Uh, the, the the chandelier kind of spreads the light around. It's kind of really cool. Uh, at one point, there'd been a, somebody had set a fire in the coat check area. So you can still see, you, know, you you can go back in the coat check area, and you see all these charred like, racks where they still have like the metal. Uh, the metal coat hangers are still with the numbers on them, right? They give you your 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 token that had your number on it, and you'd get, have your, your stuff hung up. And at the end of the night, you go get your clothes. Um, you can still see the numbers and these these charred uh, coat hangers all kind of hanging in there, uh, wherever that fire had been. Um, you know, it's it's and it's sad. It's so sad because this was a, this was a place that people had fun at, right? It was exciting. It was it was it was for the youth. It was there were young people doing their thing, and now it's completely shot. Um, but the most the most impressive thing is still the Mesoamerican carvings, the plaster carvings. When you go in there, they're not in good shape. Many of them, you know, because of the elements over the years, uh, the paint is gone. So all you see is like the plaster, white plaster of the uh, well the faces. Some of them still have their painting. Um, unfortunately, many of them are falling off the walls, and every year it gets worse and worse. A lot of it's coming down. Uh, you know, people are chiseling them out of the walls and taking them home. It's just, it, it's it's slowly coming to the point where I don't know that you can save this place. I don't know that it's savable at this point. Uh, this beautiful, beautiful theater. Now, it's it, it's kind of funny because the first time I was ever there, I had never heard of this place. The guy that took me there uh, was like, you're going to love this. Check this out. So we come up the stairs, and for the first time, I was just awestruck. I saw this ballroom, and I was like, holy shit. I mean, just, just the, the, the grandeur that went into this. Back in the day, the amount of money that must have been spent to develop this place was just incredible. Um, you know, I've been there several times since. I've been there once in the winter when there was snow all over the floor. Um, I was there once in the summer when it was hot as hell and we were sweating our asses off. And a friend of ours who was there with us uh, as we were exploring, she dropped her keys on the floor. Now, again, this this floor is completely ripped apart. So if you lose something while you're out on that floor, good luck finding it. So like three of us were were just digging around through wherever she had walked, looking for the keys, and and luckily we found them. They were under the, they had fallen down into, into one of the recessed areas. We actually found them uh, through some kind of miracle, some kind of intervention. I don't know, but we found these keys and we were able to get her home. <laughs> She's not from from Detroit either. She's from out of state, so um, you know it was kind of like holy shit. If, if we can't get her keys, like what's she gonna do? Uh, so we finally found the keys. Um, thank god but uh you know as of right now the place i i i have not seen a lot of photos from this place lately so i think it's been sealed back up again um i don't know what kind of plans they have for it uh the first time i ever met wasteland explorer all right the first day we ever met was actually at uh uh uh, well we met at 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 continental motors which is gone but we we went over to the vanity to try to get in we were going to go in there and um we, we uh, were there, and there was a, a construction project going on behind, they had torn some buildings down behind the vanity, and uh, there was this bulldozer, this kind of bulldozer, and uh, they had piled up dirt over the entrance to the to the theater, so the, the doorway that used to be able to get in, they had piled this huge pile of dirt over that, so you couldn't get in the door anymore, trying to keep people out, and um, and we were kind of back behind the corner of the building, and he saw us. He saw us standing there, looking at him, and he knew what we were there to do. He knew we were there to try to get into that building. And he sat there and watched us the whole time. And uh, uh, this pickup truck pulls up with what, what I assume is the owner of the building, and they sat there staring at us for a good long time. And then we finally left and, and ducked out. And as soon as we were gone, the owner left, and the guy, you know, parked his bulldozer and left. But they knew we were there to try to get into this place. Uh, I'll never forget that as long as I live. We stood there for about an hour hoping this guy would leave, and he never did. Um, But anyway, uh, so that's the story of the Vanity. Vanity, I I just, I I wish, I wish, and of course you can wish all you want. It's not going to change anything, but I wish someone would have taken this place and rebuilt it and brought it back to its original glory. Imagine walking into this place and seeing a band, a live band, with these Mesoamerican faces all over the walls and everything in color and I, I can't even imagine what it'll be like. you know it's it's kind of too late now to do that. It'd take way more money than it's worth at this point uh, to do that. So uh, I'm guessing the eventual fate, you know, if the entire ceiling comes down, you know the building starts to collapse, which it probably will eventually uh, you know, uh, it's gonna be gone. You know another piece of history that I'm glad I got to document. I'm glad I got to share with with the pe- the people out there. Uh, I know others have, have been there and done the same. You know, unfortunately, uh, I don't think it's ever going to be a dancing venue ever again. So it's, it's one of those pieces of history we'll have to just be content and seeing in photos. But um, so, yeah, that's the story of the vanity. Um, I did want to share at least one story with you guys today. Um, next week, I'm hoping to talk a little bit more about New York and we did in New York. I don't know. I haven't decided what we're going to talk about next week. I, I haven't gotten there yet. Uh, one day at a time. Um, I'm going to spend the weekend doing absolutely nothing. I'm gonna sit around and relax and watch some movies and catch up on some TV. I've been watching uh, the the series The Boys about the the superheroes, right? Have you ever seen that? It's a great show. I'm, I'm digging it. I may I may catch up on that and binge binge the rest of that. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's all I got for today, guys. Uh, I hope you have a wonderful weekend, whether you're exploring or not, whether you're out there or not. Um, and, again, keep in mind what I said earlier. You know, keep, keep an eye on your own mental health. Or if you know a friend that's having a hard time, keep in touch with them. You know, give them a ring, drop them a text message, whatever it takes to see how they're doing. All right? Keep an eye on each other. We've got to keep each other going. All right? So that's all I got for today, guys. Uh, Have a great weekend. We'll see you later. Uh, Have a great exploration, if that's what you're doing this weekend, and we'll see you then. All right, this is Mr. P signing out.